KYW Original Podcasts. This is KYW In-Depth. My name is Matt Leon. So earlier this month, there was an odd situation where hundreds, more than a thousand birds, if not more, fell to their death after running into skyscrapers in Philadelphia. This is a really bizarre thing, but we wanted to find out more. Is this really unusual? What is leading to this? How does it happen? How can it be prevented? We wanted to talk about all of this, so we reached out to Dr. Gregory George. He's an associate professor of biology at Delaware Valley University. Really interesting discussion. Give a listen. So let's start with what kind of brought this to the forefront. I think it was uh, a couple weeks ago, Friday, October 2nd, there was uh, an alarming number of birds found dead in an area of Center City. Kind of break down the situation. What happened? Yeah, so well, for, for years now, people have been trying to keep track of bird mortality as it relates to window collisions. Uh, but for this past week, what was interesting was that there seemed to be a, a shocking number of birds that were killed, estimates of around up to 1,500 birds collided with buildings and died within a few square blocks in Center City, Philly. So what happened? Was it all they just ran into various skyscrapers? So you know, when it comes down to events like this, it normally comes down to two things. The first one being timing, and the second one being weather. So right now, as you get into the time frame of the end of September and the beginning of October, that this time is the peak of migration for migratory songbirds. So at, right now we have millions of birds that are moving through the state of Pennsylvania, and they are attracted to light. So migratory songbirds, they migrate at night and they use the stars as their navigation aids to help get them from point A being wherever they're from north of us. In many cases, their end spot is somewhere in Central or South America. So they have a long ways to go, and they use the stars to guide them. Now, this specific example is timing of the peak of migration with good weather for the migration for that day which that resulted in just a large number of individuals moving through Philly, and then uh, we had the, the strike happen. Do they see different lights? Do they not see the stars? Get I mean, not, obviously you're not getting in the head of the birds, but what do you think for the most part, what leads to, what is the, the big discrepancy that's leading to this? So they just, they have an affinity for light in general. So if they're flying through a forest, then they're in good shape and they just worry about tracking the stars. But if they're near a metropolitan area, the lights of that area will actually bring them in closer to the city. And then once they get into the, the bright lights of the city, then they have a hard time navigating and they have a hard time actually even leaving that like sphere of light over a city. And as a result, they, the, they run into buildings. It doesn't have to always be buildings, though, either. Like, you can have issues with bird collisions with radio towers. Those have, like, the solid lights on for aviation reasons. Well, birds can circle those towers and run into the guy lines that hold them up. There's all sorts of different lights that they're attracted to. Give us some context. How unusual is it to have this number in this short amount of time? I mean... This isn't something you wake up and 
you know, I was reading one article where somebody found like 75 birds. So I would imagine this is relatively unusual to have a, a mass event like this. Yeah, it's, it's definitely unusual. Uh, on average, uh, individuals in, sit in the city could probably walk through and find a few birds, a couple dozen, probably almost daily this time of year. But that's just, we're talking a few dozen. But to have numbers like this, it really has to be a combination of like, you know, the, a perfect storm of the timing and the weather that made bird movement that night fantastic. So it's very unusual to have this sort of scale. Now, what's important to note is that the article covers, you know, approximately 1,000 to 1,500 birds. That was just in their survey area. If you expand that out across citywide, uh, the number probably would have been substantially larger. Is this something we see once every few years, once a year, or is this something that this now is this, the first time we've had something of this this magnitude? Uh, you know, to, to the best of my knowledge, this is probably not the first time, um, but they're definitely uh, uncommon to this degree. Uh, it's definitely not an every year sort of event where you can find a thousand dead birds in a few square blocks. So this is a was an extraordinary event. You mentioned songbirds. Are there certain species? that are more likely to be affected by this, a type of, of bird, or is it kind of overarching all those different types of songbirds? It's pretty much overarching. It's, it's pretty much anything that wants to migrate at night. And so, like, largely speaking, that is your, your songbirds, your forest songbirds. Um, but, like, so larger birds, like birds of prey, this becomes less of an issue because they're migrating during the daytime. Uh, in some cases, you, you have ducks that migrate in, during the daytime and at night. So in some cases, you can even have issues with waterfowl and, and buildings or, or large birds, but it tends to be the small songbirds. How can we try to avoid this going forward? Obviously, we're not taking the buildings down, but are there things right. you right. can do to mitigate this to, to, to you know, prevent the birds from being, for lack of a better term, kind of seduced into their own peril? Yeah, so there's there's two ways to look at this. So the first way I want to look at this is from at like the at the broader landscape level of the city in general. So Audubon societies have been teaming up with local conservation organizations, and there's a there's a, there's a program called Lights Out, and a lot of cities have a Lights Out program, and it's where the local Audubon societies, along with these conservation groups, they coordinate with individuals who manage and own some of the large buildings, they do a timed dimming of the lights so that if, you, if we can turn the lights off, then the probability of these birds hitting the buildings is dramatically reduced. Um, so lights out programs are have been going on for decades now and are really coming to popularity over the last, about the last decade, there's lots of cities adopting this sort of approach. Uh, I don't believe Philly has a lights out program uh, that I'm aware of. So that's like the landscape area. But then there's also um, another component to this that maybe doesn't apply so much to the cities. So when you have this many birds being killed, it's important to note that this is a, a, a dramatic event for people to be able to find this many birds in a small area. But there's a larger issue of birds hitting windows in general, even if you live in suburban areas or well outside the city. And bird collisions with glass are the second deadliest component to a bird's life. The, the, the worst are, uh, are feral cats, 
But second are window collisions. So even if you live in a farmhouse on 100 acres, you know, chances are a few times a year, you might find a dead bird underneath your bay window. And so for residential areas, there's a couple of things that folks can do. Like one of them is there's a company as a Copian Bird Savers. And so it's pretty much just hanging paracord about four inches on center over your windows to break up the outline of the window. So the paracord will kind of blow in the wind a little bit. Birds will pick up on the movement and then not hit the window. And another one is kaleidoscape.org, where these folks, you can have advertisements put on your windows, all sorts of different artwork. Some of this stuff they do is absolutely gorgeous. You can put these items on your window. And then when you're inside the building, they practically disappear where you cannot see them. But if you're outside, now, now the window doesn't even look like a window anymore. So you don't have the issue of the birds clotting due to that. Are the collisions, is death instantaneous or are a lot of times can they recover? Is it the fact that they get stunned and then hit the ground? I mean, I'm sure it's kind of different, but for the most part, is it, is it the initial collision that is the death? Well, I think that it, it really depends upon the structure. So when you're talking about large buildings in Philly, you have the initial collision, there's going to be the second collision with the sidewalk. So the combination of the two would probably mean that the bird has passed pretty, pretty instantaneously. Um, but it's not too uncommon if the, if the window's lower to the ground or if it's a residential address, that the bird hits a first-story win- window could just be stunned. And in some cases, they can bring themselves around and, and fly off again on their own. So with these songbirds, is there concerns about events like this and leading to declining populations? And does it start to spiral in that direction? So I think when it comes to the population level, it's probably more of a combined effect of everything that humans are doing to the landscape that adds up to being a major issue for some bird species. Uh, So maybe in and of itself, this alone um, might not push species to uh, have reduced population numbers. Um, But considering it is the second leading cause of bird mortality, when you add in the, uh, like the feral cats or the free-ranging cats as a whole separate issue, when you add in climate change and just overall habitat deterioration, uh, all these things, yeah, they, they can dramatically add up. And there was a, you know, a, a very well-known article that came out this past year saying how, the, how we've lost, like five, those five billion birds have been lost from the planet. Uh, due to things like climate change. Yeah, these, they're all cumulative. And, and, and maybe any one of them in of itself isn't going to do it, but many bird species are having issues now with the cumulative effect of all this, uh, all the, the troubles they have to go to. Now, for a bird, when they're doing this, this migration, it's, it's a very perilous journey. I mean, to get from the forest of Pennsylvania to maybe a forest in northern South America and many of these birds, they, they only weigh a few ounces. And, and they have to, many, many times they're crossing over the Gulf of Mexico. We have to worry about coming across a hurricane. Now, now we have more hurricanes these years than we have in previous years. So it's, it's just one more barrier for them to get around that makes their journey even uh, you know, less, less uh, certain. 
looking at the specific, the narrow birds running into these skyscrapers, is there a climate change angle to this specifically that we, we should be more concerned about big events like this? Maybe migration starting earlier. It's they're, the time they're traveling. It's getting light. I mean, I don't, I'm just spitballing here, but is there something you tie that you have concerns specifically with climate change and the, the birds running into buildings? So regarding climate change, there's been a lot of research done, and we can definitely look at climate change and how it's influencing the timing of migration for birds. Now, that being said, I don't know that we can, can relate the two together. So because they're still going to be migrating, even if the calendar has shifted slightly, uh, they're still migrating through the same areas, and they tend to be in the same densities. So I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a climate component regarding bird window collisions. And we're, we've talked specifically about this event in Philadelphia. Are there some cities that really, I mean, I would imagine New York, uh, just because of the size, is this an even bigger problem in New York? Um, it, I can't say specifically that I, that I know that answer, but this is if it's a bigger problem in New York. But this is an issue that all cities are having. And New York's proximity to the coast, the coast is a major flyway. For a lot of birds, these songbirds, they don't want to go out over the open water until they absolutely have to. So maybe when they get down to Florida, they realize they have to jump across to get to the, you know, the greater Antilles, get down to Cuba, Dominican Republic, Haiti. You know, but they don't want to go over water. So they often collect along the shorelines and migrate along the shorelines. So yeah, I can see this being a, an issue for coastal cities even more so than Philly. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.